que Q&A. Lot of questions. Box full. It's good. Let's try to take the Hopefully I can finish. Let's see. There are a lot of questions. Okay. The first question is My parents are ex uh, extremely controlling. They do not understand that I have my boundaries. I fight with them every day about my boundaries. I love them but they all they drive me crazy. How can I be peaceful when parents interfere all the time? Okay. Now you have put your own boundaries. You have put your own boundaries. And you think that these are my boundaries. Hmm? So uh, the parents cannot reach them. Parents cannot uh, go through. Hmm? So what is the problem here? The problem is we try to uh, behave as we want though there are certain conditions, certain uh, things because we were born because of our parents. We are on our feet because of our parents. Whatever we do today, because of our parents. So we are depend on them. We think when we grow, we think that, no, I want to do my own. It's okay. You can do for some extent, some limited extent, you can do things your own. But if you want to do with your parents, if you want to live with your parents, stay with their house, you have to be obedient to them. You have to listen to them. So who's wrong? Is the parents or you? So as I see, you have to discuss with your parents. That is the important thing. Discuss with your parents and what are the, what are the things that you can do and what are the things that they can do for you. Like that, you can discuss and come to the conclusion. With that you can come to the uh, peace, peacefulness, otherwise day by day uh, you think that they interfere you. It is not interference. You know, when we, when we are born, we have to understand there are certain duties and obligations. Our obligations, our duties. We have some duties to be performed towards our parents. At the same time, parents have their own duties to be performed towards uh, children. All these are to be understood. Otherwise, simply thinking, uh, when we grow, we think that oh, now I am okay, I, I can do anything. But we, we, perhaps we don't know uh, the points where we are misled. So better, my advice is better you discuss with your parents or you can uh, 
find a mediator to talk with your parents. Uh, mediator should mediator should know them both and you. Uh, such a person. Okay, next. Bhante, using the Four Noble Truths, please explain what is suffering. Some people think they suffer more than others. Is that true? Or is suffering just suffering and there is no level or degree to suffering? How does metta relieve suffering? Thank you. Okay. The, according to the Four Noble Truths, Suffering is common. Suffering is all over the world. Where there are beings, there is suffering. Suffering uh, is impermanent. Suffering can be ceased. Suffering can be relieved and completely ceased. That is uh, what is called enlightenment. Hmm? Once you completely cease suffering, is called uh, enlightenment. Suffering is our own own suffering according to our karma. We it is true. Even here it is mentioned some they suffer a lot and others less. So that is because of our karma according to what we have done. So our whatever suffering we have to understand if we suffer. We have to understand not only suffering, we have to understand the cause of suffering. That is why Buddha taught four noble truths, four aspects of truth. Suffering is the truth, but there are four aspects of truth. We, we, as Buddhists, we should understand all the four, not only suffering. That is why some people don't know this, some people try to criticize that uh, we Buddhists simply say suffering, suffering. And we, we are always talking about suffering. No, we are not talking only of suffering, but of the cause of suffering. We have, to, we have to talk about cause of suffering. We have to seek, we have to see the cause of suffering. And then we have to see the cessation of suffering. And we have to see the path leading to the cessation. So there are these four. So whenever we have suffering, we have to understand what is the cause. What is the reason? Why I suffer? Why I suffer? We ourselves have to understand this. Not, not only to understand, realize Nibbana, but in daily life, whenever we, we suffer, whenever we have problems, we have to understand the cause of the problem. Then there must be a way, must be a way to uh, cease the cause. That is what is called the, the way to cessation of suffering. So then once we remove the cause, we can come to the peace. That's the way. Okay. Next question. When I wish well well beings be happy. I feel an overwhelming sadness because I know most will never be happy or without suffering. How should I handle this sadness? 
when practicing metta. You know, uh, when you extend metta, <clears throat> the purpose is not the re- uh, relieving or not the uh, not to cease others' suffering. Hmm? You you practice metta. When you practice metta, you get the benefit, not the others. Others, of course, they can get the benefit later, but you to understand, you practice for yourself. When we practice metta, the purpose is my concentration, my practice. Extending others, they might get the benefit, but we cannot see, otherwise we can do easily everything, like simply we extend metta, we all together here, start extending metta to the whole world, all questions, all problems, all conflicts, wars, all, all sort of wars uh, cease, if so, but nothing, it happens slowly, the, when the people practice, more and more people practice metta, then the world becomes peaceful place. The, the place, the uh, village, the country, like that, more and more people, if, the, if more and more people practice, they get the benefit. So, whenever you practice, if you feel sadness, try to understand the change in nature. Change in nature as uh, like you extend metta, but you first, you, you develop your metta towards yourself and understand that I feel, I, I extend my metta to all beings. This is with happy mind, not sad mind. Sadness is a cause for suffering. It is an unwholesome deed. Sadness is unwholesome. Therefore, we don't... Uh, don't sad, don't suffer, but with happy mind. When you extend metta, relax, and with a happy mind. If you have no happy mind, no metta. Metta arises when the mind is happy. With happy mind, you extend metta with a uh, smiling face, happy minded, you extend metta. Not with sad mind. If you have sad, that is not metta. That means you need to practice more, develop more and more metta. First, generate metta, practice more and more, be happy and share that happy-mindedness. Okay, how did the Buddha recognize his enlightenment? Buddha, <coughs> on that day, the Vesak full moon day, the May full moon day, of course, that night, he practiced. He practiced meditation. Mindfulness of breathing. While he was practicing, his mind was calm, quiet, uh, clear mind. With that mind, he directed his mind to see his previous lives. That is like he he wanted to see the beginning of this life and then he wanted to see how he came to this world his mother's womb how he was there in his mother's womb and how he was there in the to sit the heaven 
like that he went back life after life hundred thousands millions trillions eons of lives how he lived in the past he uh, directed his mind to see his previous lives that is one knowledge he gained that is called pubbe nivasa anusati jnana the ability to see his previous lives secondly he wanted to understand how beings come to this world and how beings depart here and are born somewhere else he wanted to understand this so he directed his mind to see this how beings come to this world from different worlds they come to be come to be born here and those who depart here they are born somewhere else he understood that that is that was the second knowledge he gained and then by the by dawn he got another knowledge which is the complete destruction of defilements defilements all all sort of defilements based on greed hatred and delusion all others are attached to these three so he completely cut off this with his wisdom with his insight means he practiced both serenity and insight and he attained nibbana attained full enlightenment with the realization of three major principles the three major principles he realized are the four noble truths the dependent origination and the three characteristics of existence with that the buddha became our buddha this buddha of this time Okay, next. Bhante, when I focus on mindfulness, or when I meditate, I feel vibration in my ears, especially when I extended my metta, I feel vibration through my whole body. Is that normal? How is that uh, differentiated? from the first jhana this is not the part of first jhana the vibration it might happen when you practice metta or other meditation vibration is there in the body vibration is okay but don't worry about that vibration always try to focus what you are doing buddhist meditation is practiced to understand clearly understanding clearly what you are doing now right now that is called clear comprehension hmm? mindfulness and clear comprehension should go together mindfulness when we are mindful if we have no clear comprehension we though we are mindful we are following something else like if we are not mindful if we are not if you have no clear comprehension we cling to some pictures hmm? try to see pictures or uh, sounds or something else 
we are simply following other things not not really practicing mindfulness of breathing so don't give attention to that simply forget it Sim- simply ignore it and extend metta metta to all beings okay next bante please teach us best ways to destroy the sense of self a hindrance to our meditation practice sense of self self is uh, atta atma the identity that is the problem that is uh, not uh, if you can if you can Uh, destroy this one thing you can destroy all everything hmm? because anicca dukkha anatta these three are connected interconnected these are interconnected once you see anicca you see dukkha and anatta as well once you see anatta you see dukkha and anicca as well so if you can cut off if you can understand realize one thing you can realize other thing as things as well so self what is self self is it is the problem to all of us we believe that there is permanent thing inside or outside as long as we believe a certain thing inside or outside permanent thing entity then we cannot attain enlightenment why in order to attain enlightenment you to understand the whole world is in a vibration the whole world is ever changing the whole world is changing that is what is called impermanence so anicca means not accepting a little thing even that little thing is to be understood that itself is changing that means in the whole world there's nothing unchanging everything is ever changing ah when you see to your own wisdom when you see that everything is ever changing then you see everything is impermanent everything is unsatisfactory everything is without a self if you try if you see that little thing which is unchanging that is what is called self you believe self as long as you believe a self no attainment of enlightenment no enlightenment that is why the buddha said in the chula siha nada sutta the shorter discourse of uh, the lion's roar in the majjhima majjhima nikaya middle length sayings buddha said the stream enter can be seen only in this sasana sasana means buddha's dispensation stream enter can be seen only this dispensation once returner can be seen only here in this sasana then the non returner can be seen only in this sasana 
And the arahant can be seen here only in this sasana. Because one, one has to see the three characteristics. If as long as we do not see the three characteristics, no one can attain enlightenment. So self is to be destroyed. In order to destroy self, one has to practice vipassana. In other words, no vipassana anywhere else. Anywhere else. You cannot see vipassana anywhere else. Vipassana means you see the three characteristics. Impermanence, unsatisfactoriness and soullessness. Next. There seems to be a moment called a movement called secular Buddhism. In practicing the teachings, is practicing the teachings uh, of the Buddha without the religion, without the rites and rituals and pujas. Is metta and mindfulness the same in secular Buddhism? What is gain and what is lost? when Dhamma is practiced without the religion parts of, of cultural Buddhism. You know, <clears throat> uh, there is no things to be called secular Buddhism. Even the word Buddhism was not taught by the Buddha. Mm, this also a coinage, later coinage. Buddha never taught a Buddhism, not Isam. No ism. Buddha taught Dhamma. Dhamma is one. Whoever practices whatever the name given to that movement, that society, if they practice the very word of the Buddha, that is the word of the Buddha. First one has to understand what the Buddha really taught. So, if uh, in secular Buddhism or whatever Buddhism, there are many different sects, sect, hmm? different, different denominations, sects in the world. And, uh, even like Maha Theravada tradition, Mahayana tradition, in the Mahayana tradition itself there is Zen meditation and Tibetan Buddhism, like uh, different, according to their different countries, there are different uh, sects, right? So all those are later things. All those are not what the Buddha said. What the Buddha said are the 37 factors of enlightenment. There are 37 factors of enlightenment. Buddha taught the Dhamma. Uh, that is what is real teaching. The Dhamma. Dhamma means the Buddha's very words given in the early discourses, not even later works. There are later works as well, later compilations, books, commentaries, sub-commentaries, sub-sub-commentaries, all these things. Not the Buddha's word. Buddha's word is in the discourses, we have to understand, we have to read the original teachings, then we can understand the Buddha's teaching. So metta and mindfulness, 
Is metta and mindfulness the same in secular Buddhism? I don't know what secular Buddhism, I don't know what I have, I have uh, seen some uh, places though uh, I don't follow such things. Mm. Metta and mindfulness, whoever talk about, metta is metta. Metta is unconditional, boundless, immeasurable, love to all beings equally. If they talk about that, that is what the Buddha said, metta. Mindfulness is the is the attention, awareness that you that you uh, maintain at the present moment. It's moment to moment awareness of what is going on right now. That is mindfulness. If they are talk of, talking about that, that is what the Buddha said. So that is how I, I uh, can answer that. What is Okay, what is gain and what is lost when Dhamma is practiced without the religion's part? Actually, Buddhism is not a religion. Buddhism is not a religion. The characteristics of a religion are not found in Buddhism, such as God, create a God, or, or uh, soul or self. Such things are not there in Buddhism. Uh, cultural Buddhism. Uh, how can we define these things? Now, cultural, when you say cultural Buddhism, when you say religion, when you say rites and rituals, how can you define what are, the ri what are, right and, what are not rites and rituals? Now in the church, there is rites and rituals. In the parliament, in the house, there are rites and rituals. Hmm? Everywhere are rites and rituals. So cultural, cultural aspect also. Cultural aspect, when you say cultural aspect, that is uh, all, all over, all over the world. In every religion, in every society, those are there. So if you practice the real word of the Buddha, what happens, you can attain enlightenment. You can practice serenity and insight, then you can attain enlightenment. So we have to focus to that, what is, what is that? The serenity and insight, meditation. In order to practice this, we have to understand the 37 factors of enlightenment as the real teachings of the Buddha and follow this Dhamma, real Dhamma. Okay, dear Bhante, you min, uh, mentioned that at some point we uh, We come in mindfulness with metta in order to move towards insight. Can you help me? What is that comes? 
sounds like they might be asking the topic of your next talk, Oh. You mentioned that at some point we come. Hmm. Ah, yeah, that's a B. Okay. Combine mindfulness with metta in order to move towards insight. Uh. Would it be best to have mindfulness of metta as our meditation object from the beginning? Okay. Okay, you heard this, right? You mentioned that at some point we combine mindfulness with metta in order to move towards insight. Would it be best to have mindfulness of metta as our meditation object from the beginning? From the beginning you cannot do both. From the beginning Begin, at the beginning you start with one, you have to start with one, metta. Or you can practice mindfulness of breathing and then you switch to insight or metta. Uh, switch to mindfulness or metta. So this will be my topic, right? Next time, next uh, talk, not tomorrow day after. Day after I uh, will talk on how to blend mindfulness and metta and come to uh, understand insight and how to eradicate defilements and uh, attain Nibbana. So that will be the next topic. Mindfulness, uh, better practice metta when you practice metta, in the same manner, you can, as you maintain metta, you can be aware of what is going on more and more, and then you can give attention to things more and more. Together with that, you slowly merge to practice mindfulness as well. Okay, next question is, you mentioned four stages of enlightenment during the Dhamma talk. The first uh, sounded like stream enter. Is that correct? Could you please uh, speak a bit about the four stages? Okay, four stages are stream enter, once written, non written, and arhant. Stream enter means stream is the noble eightfold path. When you really come to the path, noble eightfold path, you are entering the path. That is why it is said stream enter. In order to enter the path as a stream enter, you have to cut off some, uh, some fetters. There are ten fetters, ties, ten fetters through which we are bound to sansara. So these are fetters means these are defilements, uh, underlying tendencies, defilements. So these are to be cut off. So in order to attain the first stage, you to cut off three fetters 
of the ten. Of the ten, if you cut off the first three, what are the first three? Uh, personality belief, then believing uh, rites and rituals. Uh, the personality belief, the first, the second is uh, doubt. Then rites and rituals, these three. You have to cut off these three. When you cut off these three, you become a stream enterer. Where you yourself can understand that you have attained stream enterer. You have attained the stream. For which you need uh, fearlessness of your five precepts. To your five five precepts, as you have completed your five precepts, you have you should have no fear at all. Right, like killing, stealing, sexual misconduct, telling lies, and intoxication. With whenever you think of these five precepts, five things, you sh- your mind should be clear, purified mind. And you have no fear at all, no terror, no fear at all, what you have done about five precepts. And then you should have unwavering, unwavering confidence in the Buddha, Dhamma and the Sangha. And also crystal clear, pristine, pure sealer which is called Arya Kanta Seela. Those are called four factors for the uh, stream enter. And then you should see, you should know and see the dependent origination. Know and see, two things. Know means theoretically, you should know what the dependent origination is. See means you have to see through your meditation to experiential wisdom. Then you can come to the first stage as a stream enterer. Then when you practice further, you can cut off next, uh, not cut off, you can weaken, you can attenuate the next two. Next two fetters. Next two are uh, uh, sensual, clinging to sensuality and uh, repulsiveness. Kamaraga and Patiga. Then you become uh, once written. Once written means you return one. You return only one. Once here. Because you will be born in the heavens. Then you don't, uh, you come here only one time and then you can attain enlightenment. Then when you cut off the first, all the first four, five, uh, First five fetters, uh, when you cut off the five lower fetters, then you become a non-returner. Non-returner means you never return. You will be born in uh, pure abodes. There are different places called pure abodes where you will be born. Then you will never come here. You can finish your sansaric journey over there. That is why it is called never return. And then once you cut off all the ten fetters, you are called Arhant, the enlightened one. Those are the four stages.
ओके नेक्स्ट क्वेश्चन हाउ कैन आई स्टे फोकस्ड ऑन द डेली टास्क एंड कंप्लीट इन टास्क आई हैव हार्ड टाइम विद कंटेम कंप्लीटिंग कंप्लीटिंग मेडिटेट attention try to develop your attention awareness attention hmm? practice more and more uh, mindfulness of breathing hmm? you know when you practice metta mindfulness of breathing metta of course eventually we switch to mindfulness of breathing as well huh? when you practice metta then we can switch to mindfulness of breathing as well since this is a metta retreat we quite focused on metta so practice more and more uh, with a with a good patience patience is the best meditation huh patiently practice uh, metta and mindfulness of breathing okay i am a perfectionist so i tend to worry about making mistakes and get discouraged uh, when i do this also causes self uh, doubt and uh, cynicism in myself what can i do to prevent this from hindering hindering my progress in the path i i am very concerned about this uh, pitfall there is nothing perfect uh, you can uh, you can understand keep it in your mind and always uh use some sort of even you can make a sign big sign in your room hmm? nothing nothing is perfect make a big sound sign <laughs> <coughs> i can remember when i was young in sri lanka in my room uh, i had many different signs and even my rooms my bathroom and i uh, like different things so i put uh, once i put a sign i love myself uh, i love no i love me i said i love me instead i love you everywhere wherever you go you can see i love you i love you and people say i love you so i put the sign i love me <laughs> like that put a sign big sign in your room nothing is perfect and in your bathroom if it is attached bathroom put everything is impermanent like that try to understand the impermanence nature nothing perfect so in the 
in the world impermanent imperfect world how can we find perfect things so this is another concept another concept another sort of uh, concept given to you from the outside world there are no such things called perfectionist perfectionism there's no such things to be called but we think that there is something like that and i am one of them when it is given when it is planted in our mind is a problem so try to see things as impermanent as changing everything is changing everything is in a vibration everything is ever changing like that change in nature try to see the change in nature demolish everything to your mind and see to your mind you can demolish things you can break things into pieces then you can see nothing to be perfect no perfect things hmm? no perfect uh, things in the world next question something something's during sometimes during meditation i start to think and uh, reflect on dhamma dhamma topics is this bad for my progress or will it lead to more confusion when is the best time to reflect on dhamma and why when you practice meditation uh, it is it is all right you uh, reflect on dhamma is all right but if uh, if you are while you are meditating if you try to remember remember things remembering is one thing reflecting recollecting is another thing reflecting is you you are uh, sort of to your experiential wisdom you can understand some dhamma that is all right but if you simply remember try to remember what you have written in the book or what you what somebody told you like that if you try to remember that is not meditation so meditation is focusing your attention to the object and then you can realize dhamma that realization is also arised all right that is uh, what you call realizing the dhamma uh, so the best time to re- uh, recollect dhamma is after your meditation after your meditation simply when you come to the end of the, your meditation you can calm down and you can then you can think of dhamma then you can understand something more hmm? like early morning when you practice after you practicing after you practicing meditation you can uh, think 
about what you practice or about your life or about what you are going to do like that then the good answers uh, you will get good answers for the questions for the problems of life okay i i have good experiences uh, by doing such things uh, but i don't want to go to such things now what is love how is love related related to attachments is love simply what remains when attachment is eliminated love is uh, another word for attachment hmm? whatever you call attachment connection uh, uh, grasping there is sort of love hmm? when you when you attach to things without love you don't attach so at attachment and love love is related to attachment is true so attachment whatever attachment ends up with suffering ends up with suffering the love also ends up with suffering if the love is not if it is not universal love if it is not metta if you have metta then no suffering but other two types i said carnal love hmm? and filial love both this you suffering whereas metta no suffering okay in the buddha puja the word dispensation sasana is used what does this mean share this merit of ours may the may the loan protect the dispensation punya punyang tang anumoditva chirang rakantu sasana so in short sasana Hmm? dispensation means sasana what is sasana sasana means the whole teachings of the buddha whatever the buddha has taught everything everything is like religion sasana is another word for religion everything is included when you say sasana everything is included sasana is not only in buddhism uh, in other religions as well hindu sasana christian sasana uh like that mm, they can use they use this word sasana sasana means uh whole teaching everything everything pertaining to that particular particular religion like if you say uh, christian sasana whatever belongs whatever pertaining to christianity is called sasana likewise the buddhism whatever pertaining to buddhism is called buddha sasana buddha's dispensation 
how a person know learn about his her past life that is what i said the buddha what the buddha did the first thing he meditated and he developed particular knowledge which is called the ability to understand the previous lives in order to do that you to develop jhana first second third fourth jhanas and then develop that particular knowledge called ability to understand the previous lives then you can see your previous lives Okay, next is Dear Bhante, I follow the five precepts. Is it my duty to also encourage beings uh, around me uh, not to kill, steal, lie, etc.? Or should I just accept them as they are without encouraging them to uh, return refrain from making mind making uh, unwholesome unwholesome karma mindfulness mindful harmful making harmful unwholesome karma you know when we when we uh, follow the five precepts when we observe five precepts when we refrain from five pre- five things we have to do we have to uh, teach others as well we have to help others as well if we simply refrain from killing and if we simply say no i don't kill that's not enough that's the way we have to do it we have to teach it to our family members hmm? first first of all foremost uh, first of all we have to teach our family members and we have to teach our friends like that we have to teach others as well if we simply uh, say that uh, i am uh, virtuous simply being so that is not buddhism that is not what the buddha wanted us to do practice teach others as well how do we generate metta if when the prayers do not work prayers if the prayers that prayers means uh, what uh, we talk about like uh, may i be well happy and peaceful so try to try to change it the prayers means perhaps you might uh, cling to one particular prayers as a mantra which is not good try to use your own praise you can use your own praise hmm? own word use your own word not necessarily to cling to the uh, word given to you then you can understand the difference you can uh, develop it
change your place in short next how do you properly use body scan in relaxation for metta practice how do you properly use body scanning uh, when when you practice body uh, body scanning at the at the beginning you cannot uh, understand this because you have no good concentration therefore you have to simply calm down yourself calm down and mentally you can say may i be calm and peaceful calm and peaceful like that or you you can practice mindfulness of breathing for some time then you can develop your concentration when you have good concentration then easily you can uh, scan your body so mindfulness of breathing and metta should go together eventually they they come together every time whenever like not at the beginning even those who are very well experienced even experienced teachers it is better practice metta for few minutes and then switch to mindfulness of breathing or the other way around mindfulness of breathing first and then switch to metta what's the difference if any between metta and the feeling of sukha in the second jhana those are completely different things metta is more greater than that uh, bliss in the second jhana what are the seven faculties and can you explain the energy one seven faculties no seven faculties five faculties five faculties are uh, confidence energy mindfulness concentration and wisdom of them the second one is called energy energy in this case is effort effort you have to make effort you have to arouse effort energy uh, to continue your practice energy and concentration should be balanced in this case whereas uh, first you to balance concentration and wisdom then energy and concentration in order to balance all this you have to have good concentration good mindfulness sati mindfulness next is body scanning relaxation necessary for metta practice uh, it is not necessarily but it helps you 
it's not necessarily you want to do this uh, scanning even even without scanning you can uh, develop your metta you know these are depend on different persons uh, abilities and different persons characteristics different characters hmm? so like every person cannot uh, use the same medication hmm? for different things different ailments there are different medications just like that uh, we have to apply and see whether it works if not we have to change little bit change and practice can you elaborate a little bit on the last verse of the loving kindness meditation uh reincarnation what is reincarnation is reincarnation is not given there i think uh, one comes never again to birth in the mom in the bombs this means uh, when you once you completely cut off defilements according to the sutta uh, metta sutta towards the end buddha said nahi jatu gabba sayam punareti that means he never comes to be uh, conceived in the mother's womb that means the attainment of enlightenment once you attain enlightenment you have cut off all defilements no greed hatred and delusion then you never come back that is the meaning reincarnation is not a term for buddhist we buddhists don't believe reincarnation we talk about re becoming we become again reincarnation is uh, with a self you have to believe a self which uh, go into the body that is why it is called incarnate reincarnate go to the body Okay next question Bhante could you please explain the four sublime practices you alluded uh, to during your dhamma talk today four sublime uh, practices sublime abodes are metta karuna mudita upekka metta is love and friendliness karuna means compassion karuna mudita mudita means appreciative joy you appreciate others things you you are you are always happy with others uh, success hmm? mudita and then upekka upekati upekka means you see in the middle or inside where you come to a, a state of mind that your mind is equanimous equanimity you have equanimity so those are the four uh, sublime abodes the buddha said all the four can be uh, developed cultivated and extend suffice with all other beings 
these four. Those four are immeasurable. and quickly answer this. Okay, Bhante, can you please explain anatta, uh, suffering and impermanence can be understood but not quite anatta. Okay, anatta. Anatta means no atta. Atta means self. Atta means self. Self means permanent thing permanent entity, a substance, no substance, no atta, anatta means no atta. In Buddhism you don't find that, anatta, uh, no atta, in Buddhism no atta, we talk about anatta, no atta. Selflessness, we talk about selflessness. Okay, what is ego and how should one relate to it? Ego is another term coined lately. Uh, that is another concept. We are, we are deluded with concepts and then we think that we have ego. Ego means, ego means our own uh, own way of thinking that we think that it is me, I am, I am, me, myself, that itself is our ego. It's a, it's a uh, word coined uh, by some uh, psychologist, like pride, I think. Ego, super ego. It like this. Okay. Bhante, your description of metta directed towards an individual, the infant in Italy or your mother's eyes sounds much like the prayers performed by my Christian sister. Are they equivalent? No, completely different. Christian prayers are, you pray for God. What we talk about metta, it is your own metta power, the meditation. When you meditate metta, you can extend metta to other beings. That is your own will. Will is here, not will is over there. According to this, will is here, your will, your wish, your, your determination with that wish, it it makes it uh, become success. When you pray, that's a different talk. It's outside. This is from inside. Why is it with all the similarities between Buddhism, Jainism, Judaism, Muslim, Christianity and Hinduism, we cannot seem 
to find a common ground. That's a common ground. Ethics. Ethically, we all are in one basket. All religions, I mean, major religions. Hmm? There are thousands of religions in India. Thousands of religions. Cults. Not all this stuff, all these things. But major religions like Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, Catholicism, uh, Islam, all these religions, when you talk about religions, we all are one, you can say all are one with ethical ground, ethical ground. We all, in all religions, they talk, do not do, uh, do not do bad deeds, do what is good, do what is good, refrain from bad. For that, that extent, for that level, all religions the same. There's a stanza, Sabba Papa Sakarana, Kusalasa Upasampada, Sachitta Paryo Dapanang Etang Buddha Anasasana. This is the teaching of all Buddhas. What is the teaching? Sabba Papa Sakarana. Avoid all evil. Kusalasa Upasampada, do what is good. With this, all religions the same. Sachitta Paryodapana, all Buddhas teach us to cultivate our mind, to develop our mind, which is lacking in other parts, other faiths. I struggle with the difference between me, different, uh, between the concept of attachment versus connectedness. How can one feel connectedness without also feeling atta attached? It is another term. Language. Most are language-wise. We are, we are deluded with language. Attachment or connection. If you have, if you have love, if you really attach to that, mentally attached to that, that is a problem, that is, for the, that is the cause for suffering. So, whether you use it attachment or connection, as long as you attach to, uh, you have to suffer. If you do not attach to, you don't want to suffer. So, either attachment or connection, so that's again words, but what is important is it is fetter, the fetter, whether you have fetter or not, for which Venerable Sariputta and, Mog, Sariputta and Kottita, they have a, a dialogue. Once Venerable, Sariputta, uh, Venerable Kottita asked from Venerable Sariputta, uh, there are, suppose there are two cows, black and white. They are, they are fettered, they are uh, tied to their uh, necks, hmm? using a rope. So if one says that the black 
cow is tied to white one is he says it is wrong if one says the white one is fettered what what uh, white one is tied to black one that is also wrong so what is the the problem is not that they are tied to each other they are they are tied with the rope rope is the problem that is that is that is why we have to understand if we have no attachment to anything then no suffering attachment is the rope attachment is the rope connection is the rope whether whatever the word we use if we have attachment we to suffer if we have no attachment no suffer okay when i when i am sending metta in the eight cordial correct directions i feel a connection to the buddha's wheel what are some of the symbolic meanings of the wheel we don't uh, extend metta to this cordial directions eight directions that is not the teaching i clearly said only six directions no eight directions so anyway the question is that you remind it, it reminds you the wheel buddha buddha's wheel buddha's wheel is is a, is a different story i won't i uh, i want to explain what real wheel is this wheel is different no no such wheel buddha gave only dhamma wheel that is called dhamma chakra that is given in the dhamma chakra sutta the first sutta of the buddha in which the buddha very clearly said the wheel should be uh, with 12 spokes and three paces three rounds that is the dhamma chakra so this is a different uh, story what i guess that you are talking about tibetan uh dhamma wheel so it's another introduction uh, later later they have compiled this so i don't know that the i mean the connection i don't know that connection so we practice metta only to six directions it is clearly given in the discourses you emphasize metta practice to all not towards individuals i understand how this support uh, a loving heart but friendliness or kindness uh, implies a connection between two individuals is the emphasis of metta then on intention rather than behavior or action it is intentional we extend metta intentionally but not individually individual metta itself is wrong that is not what the buddha taught us we follow the buddha what the buddha taught us we always try to stick to that otherwise we go off stray we follow different things different methods different practices therefore we want to we want to understand what the buddha really taught in the discourses we follow the discourses 
better go to the discourses, then we know the Dhamma, real Dhamma, real Dhamma. In Buddhism, is it only the Buddhist that can become or gain enlightenment or can't be, can be, so far, anyone? So for anyone. According to Buddhism, we all can attain enlightenment. Hmm? Everybody can attain enlightenment. All beings can attain enlightenment. One day, if they develop their qualities, faculties, practice meditation, if they practice serenity and insight, everybody can attain enlightenment. But should practice insight. Without insight, no enlightenment. You mentioned dependent origination in your talk. Could you please elaborate a bit more on that briefly? Okay, the last two. Let's see. What happens to the person who commits suicide? Okay, I'll answer this, this first. The person who commits suicide will be born somewhere else. If he is, uh, if he died with uh, defilements, greed, hatred and delusion, he will be born somewhere else. That is what happened. Committing suicide is not uh, not appreciated because it is a killing it is a, a unwholesome deed if as you kill yourself you kill not a, simply not a, another being but a human being killing human being is uh, considered more offensive more greater harm therefore we uh, do never uh, encourage such things. We never appreciate such things. Committing suicide is an unwholesome deed. Killing a human. Killing a human being. Okay, last question is, you mentioned independent origination in your talk. Could you please elaborate a bit more on that uh, briefly. Okay. So briefly is okay. Uh, this is the most profound, deep, deepest teaching of the Buddha. Dependent origination. The most people cannot understand this. Dependent origination means uh, one exists because of the other. One exists because of the other. They depend each other. Things depend each other. Like when you say right hand, there is left hand. So since there is right hand, you say this is left hand. Just like that. There is a particular principle that principle is to be understood. The Buddha said, Asmin sati idang hoti. Imasmin sati idang hoti. When this is, this, this is there. 
when this is this is there that is the teaching now in this moment right now exist things exist right now interdependently this is the meaning is must mean sati idang hoti it must mean asati idang na hoti when this is not this also not there that is the teaching that is the principle uh, of the dependent origination imasa upada idang upajati when this arises this also arises imasa niroda idang nirujjati same thing happen dependent origination is uh, to be applied to different things buddha wanted to apply this mainly to the cessation the origination and the cessation of dukkha for this purpose the buddha taught dependent origination with 12 links like ignorance starting from ignorance avijja it is because of ignorance the formations come to be because of formations consciousness comes to be because of consciousness name and form come to be because of name and form six senses come to be like that the 12 links were given so in order to understand this we have to study the 12 links and we have to understand how this sansaric cycle is formed there's a sansaric cycle which is formed with consciousness and mind and matter that is the place where you have to cut off this sansaric cycle and then you can go against the grain against the uh, stream that is called dhamma stream where you can understand the cessation of formations and then if you completely cease the formations you can understand ignorance ignorance is connected to uh, defilements called asava taints if you cut off taints you will become taints free that is the enlightenment so that is in brief so it takes long time maybe several uh, talks necessary to explain this paticca samuppada okay friends thank you thank you very much Take a few minutes break and come back to practice.